Sebenzile Nkambule on SAFM. 15 minutes to the top of the hour. Thank you very much for staying with us right here on The Weekend View. I will continue taking a few more of your comments in just a bit. But uh, back to our focus uh, and, of course, this topic of our talking point this morning, the uh, 10 to 20-year land lease agreements with four independent power producers signed yesterday by ESCOM. This comes after, of course, uh, the president, Silva Maposa, made a call to independent power producers to urgently respond to the country's energy crisis and of course ESCOM CEO Andre Dereta saying the deal will not eat into the pockets of South Africans. I am now joined on the line by energy expert and commentator Adil Nchabeleng who's joining us now on the line on this story. Adil it's great to speak to you right here on the weekend view. Let's start there about uh, the mm. comment that this will in fact not eat into the pockets of South Africans. How? Good morning. Um, in terms of the there's nothing that is not going to be affecting uh, consumers in South Africa as long as there is going to be generation of electricity. At the end of the day, the tariff is going to be paid by consumers. What it simply means there, it means that the capital outlay for building those power plants and uh, electricity generators will not be something that will be on ESCOM's uh, balance sheet, which means the investors will do it at their own risk. Mm-hmm. And an agreement will be signed between ESCOM and the you know developers of those plants in order to probably for ESCOM to just buy out the electricity that is produced. But in terms of the capital itself, it will not be expected to actually lay out any capital as a utility provider. So essentially, here we won't necessarily be seeing any price negotiations, for example. Here, are these the sort of things that make these agreements particularly unique? In terms of what is that, uh, what's going to happen, there, there is going to definitely at some point be a price negotiation because once the power plant produces electricity or has finalized its uh, plan, they need to determine at what rate are they going to be selling a kilowatt. So uh, definitely because currently the only buyer of electricity in the country is ESCOM and it will buy collectively and distribute on behalf of uh, all other utilities. So in this case, there are going to be a discussion whether it's going to be a you know, price that, for instance, is you know is affordable to consumers, is mm-hmm. something to be seen. At this stage, all we know is that the fact that they were given this land lease, which is the 20-year, between 10 and 10, 20-year land lease, and they're expected to produce about 2,000 megawatts of electricity in order to help actually add a additional capacity of energy and electricity to the South African grid. And what what do we know about uh, these these four players, these four IPPs? Look, uh, there's only one major player there, which is uh, HNF, uh, which is a, you know, I think it's a French company, which is going in to make sure that they will be producing electricity from solar and wind and uh, Part of it will be going into battery storage. And on the battery storage, I think they're talking about, uh, you know, using new generation technology, which will be focused on ensuring that whatever is produced is actually stored. And then from there, using hydrogen storage. And with that hydrogen storage, they create a battery that continuously just produces a discharge level 
of electricity. So that's what I know. Most of the other groups are fairly mm-hmm. newer companies that um, are starting off in the market, particularly of uh, you know renewable energy, because as you know that renewables is an emerging technology solution for electricity generation. Most of the companies in that space are not highly uh, established, but yeah. the technology itself is well known and um, you know it's utilized now globally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for, for, for South Africans, uh, it's been a very difficult journey, as you know, with, with ESCOM. And m- many, I imagine, are quite uh, cautiously optimistic uh, and rightfully so. What, what, what does success look like here? Right. Uh, we don't want a situation where in the next two years, three years, we come back and say, actually, um, you know, the, the amount of, of energy that, that was expected is not quite, uh, we're not quite going to get that and things have changed, disappointing us all over again here. What will it take uh, for, for, you know, for, for this process to be managed well, for these players to execute and, of course, alleviate all of us uh, from, from this burden of load shedding that we're experiencing? Uh, one, I think it must be noted that none of this project at this stage are going to help anything with regards to alleviation of the load shedding. One, because they will take about 24 to 36 months, which is you know minimum of two years to three years, to first come into line, which means to be built up and actually completed, and thereafter get into the ESCOM grid and then start producing electricity. So there is not going to be help with regards to the immediate situation of load shedding. The uh, future projects, their future experiments, which will be used to see the probabilities of uh, you know, converting old power stations into alternative uh, renewables energy plants. So that's what they're doing. They're actually, there's two power stations that are being shut down. And on the land of those two power stations, they're actually converting those power stations, which are coal-based. They are then replacing them with a renewable plant. And given the fact that the plant itself is not in the capacity of uh, the current coal power plants, you know, what we must explain to consumers is, for instance, when you build a renewables plant, if a plant says, let's say, 100 megawatts, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it's just the capacity potential. It does not mean it will produce 100 megawatts. The probability is the maximum a plant will produce of that nature is about 15 megawatts. So it's not like your coal power plant when it says 100, it reaches the capacity of 100 megawatts production, and you're able to can predict your load, you know, patterns and everything where you know you can produce 100 megawatts over a period of 365 days. You know, you'll be having like say 10 days on a shutdown basis for maintenance and everything. In the renewable space, it doesn't work like that. It's a total, complete technology that relies on availability of its uh, resource, which is uh, you know the sun or the wind. And then after that, the part later part of the ut- unutilized electricity is usually stored and then released through a battery storage. Which even within the battery market, you still lose a little bit of you know electricity based on the fact that storage. When you store, does not mean you get back the same amount of electricity. So mm. it's a new emerging technology that will, over time, start becoming common and become, become utilized. It's a disruptive technology, which in every technology, there's always going to be new innovation and disruption. Mm. The only challenge is it does not attend to the current South African problem of load sharing. It will just add some level of megawatts into the grid, and help alleviate, you know, in terms of we contribute 
using, for instance, the sun or the wind, which is a free resource, and uh, help actually alleviate some of the area's requirement of electricity without having to invest in a large megawatt plant. That's the only advantage on this level. They don't have to put up, for instance, billions and billions of rents in order to put up a uh, power plant of the nature of coal and continue buying, for instance, coal resource as well as hiring a larger group of people to do the work on a daily basis. With renewables energy power plants, you put up the power plant, it's fairly uh, inexpensive. It's almost, you know, I think one third of, uh, you know, what you would have to put up in an ordinary power plant. And the developers bear the risk, and all that they do is they sign an agreement, for instance, with ESCOM, to sell up the megawatts that has actually been produced. So mm. it becomes a relief to ESCOM because they don't have to put up capital as, as they did, for instance, in Midupi and Kusili, whereby they had to take about $450 billion to build a power plant, which is still not working at this stage. You know? So in your renewables, your developer takes the risk, you pay the premium at the end of the day on the tariff. And that's where the safety of it comes in. Sure, sure. How, how long do do these uh, feasibility studies um, take, right? So if we're looking at a 24 to 36-month uh, period here, um, how much of that time is is it just uh, the, the feasibility studies before, of course, knowing what sort of technologies are required and then getting going? And the feasibility level, they shouldn't be taking less than, they shouldn't be taking more than six months because this is not a project that they can afford in any way to be delaying, you know, the delivery of electricity into the grid. So anything that is going to go beyond six months, then it, it already renders the project useless because the only uh, positive, one of the positives that renewable energy has is it can quickly come onto the grid, which means they can, you yeah. know, as soon as, soon as the decision has been made, on the aspect of availability of land, on the aspect of availability of funds, and then you have an offtake, like, for instance, ESCOM. The sooner you have that information and you have done your basics, because already the studies that have already been done to assess the availability of wind, as well as availability of the sun radiation in all of South Africa. So mm. every region is already known. You know, you can go to Mpumalanga, you put up a bag, and within, uh, within hours you can already tell what level of electricity radiation is available. Already there are other studies that are available. So it shouldn't take more than six months or else it will be rendered in the whole process futile. All right, Adil and Chabeleng, let me thank you for your time. As the expert uh, commentator you. on the line there, um, reflections, of course, uh, on um, this, uh, these uh, newly signed lease agreements with four independent power producers. Um, yesterday, the CEO of ASCOM, Andre Dorato, of course, uh, announcing the uh, this signing these deals. And, of course, it will take a, a bit of time, but uh, once things get going, uh, let, let's hope, in fact, that we'll expect uh, some alleviation from, from the, the pressure and the headache that is the power cuts, the power outages.